From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. A wet, nasty Friday, and the temperature is going to drop down. Going to be not going to be you know anything dangerous and icy or anything like that, but it's going to be chillier. But it looks like nice weather after the rain goes through sometime uh, this evening or tonight. Hope everybody doing well. Auburn basketball fans should be doing just fine after the uh, big win last night over Iowa in the first round of the NCAA tournament. There have been some crazy games today. Not so much a near upset a little earlier but uh so some upsets it's great when uh you know here in the the first few days of the ncaa tournament to just uh see how things go and uh listen to everybody complaining about their brackets look it's uh it hasn't happened i i don't think in any of our lifetimes we'll see somebody pick a perfect bracket um, oh no! It's not about a perfect bracket. I would say what's discouraging just, if a team you had going real when, when deep. You, if you had Arizona in the Ar- final yeah, four, if, yeah, if, you're if, in. Big if you trouble. were an Arizona yeah, buyer, if you were a, a Virginia or a, an A and M supporter who thought one of those teams was going to make a real deep run, that puts a hurting on your bracket. It's not about staying perfect. Oh, it's I about know, keep, I would it, say that the trick is the first day, the first two days. The trick is you don't want anybody in your elite eight or final four no. getting. No, bounced. I mean you're going to miss some games. Just hope that you didn't have them going much deeper than I, that. I would say with the way the tournament shook out yesterday, if all eight of your Elite Eight are still alive, you're in better shape than the vast majority of the people who filled out brackets because yeah. that, that would include everyone who's got Arizona. I'm going, we were talking I, think Scott, I, missed, I think I missed four games yesterday, and I still have my Sweet 16. We, we were, oh, you that's, know, that's, so, that's so pretty that's, good. So that's you, not bad. Were, were, you, uh, were you someone who had Arizona going out pretty early? Yeah. Were you, see, look at that, because we were talking with Scott Bagwell uh, during hour number two yesterday, and Scott was sort of giving live commentary as the team he had going all the way. The Arizona Wildcats <laughs> were, uh, were were watching they their season down. slip away oh, yeah. to uh, to Princeton, and you know that I remember when fifteens over twos were once in a generation. It, it's happened three straight years. Now. It's happened three straight years. I think more than half of the of the occasions where a a, a fifteen has beaten a two has happened in the last ten or the last twelve mm-hmm. tournaments. Oh yeah, it so was it's al- it was almost unheard of. I mean, it it really is. Uh, it's shocking because that used to be. Pretty close to rock solid, and not not anymore. As we see Arizona uh, again well, uh, bouncing uh, bouncing from the tournament pretty early. It sort of reinforces what you know what we've been saying is that there's so many teams that can beat other teams. Uh, this is not. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I mean, it, it's still really early. We'll see if there you know is a team that just rolls through this tournament and wins it. That very rarely happens. Alabama's your favorite. Houston's the number two betting favorite. I mean, Auburn fans are sure hoping that that the number two team doesn't just roll on through as well. But there, there are just so many teams that can beat other teams. There's more parity in college basketball, I think, than there's ever been. When people complain, they're not great teams. There are an awful lot of good teams, though. 
awful lot of good teams that can beat other teams. And, uh, you know, we, we'll talk a good bit about last night's Auburn win. Hey, I've, I've got some audio from the locker room. Um, that, that's one thing good about being able to be there and going into the locker room. Got a, a two or three minutes with uh, Trey Donaldson, with Wendell Green, Jalen Williams. Um, I mean, there was there, there's audio that that's available. This is a little different though because it's uh, you know chances for for different folks to just be getting a little one on one with with the guys. But I mean, uh, big big win for Auburn last night. We'll talk about that preview the matchup against Houston, and everything else going on in sports as we get underway here with our number one of the drive, which is brought to you by Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. Uh, we'd love for you to join in, and you can by calling 334 321 1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at <laughs> Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can get however you listen to podcasts. Go to uh, ESPNAU.com, go to RadioAlabama.net, or just search your favorite podcasting platform for The Drive with Bill Cameron. It's all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Bill, you were at the game yesterday, so first and foremost... And, I mean, first, first and foremost, I'm glad we left when we did. We left uh, very early. Got to, you did not stay for the Houston game. Oh no, 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 we did not. Um, went up with went up with uh, Brian Matthews, uh, and, and we got there. Um, got in into Birmingham and near the area around halftime of the Alabama game, which is which was a great timing because the traffic around. The Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center oh, and Legacy Arena wasn't bad. You're glad you left Auburn when you did. Yeah. Okay, I, th- I thought you were talking about No, no, no. I, I, no, because um, it turns out there, was, there were all kinds of traffic problems. And on top of that, how did the arena look on television when the game started last night? I was, did, did it the, not? Did it not look like? Oh man, there are a lot of empty seats. The, and I saw, I saw some comments on social media, you know, slamming either Auburn or Alabama fans for not being there. Well, I'll tell you what happened. First of all, the Alabama game was a half an hour late getting started, and it didn't end until you know it. It, it was close. It was after four thirty before it ended. And that game was expected to have ended well before 4 o'clock. So what happened is they, they clear the arena. And by the time they cleared the arena and tried to clean, I mean, they, they tried to clean up a little bit of the, you know, the drinks and the popcorn and stuff that's sitting and the, the, the well, the beer cups uh, that were just sitting oh, in the arena. Oh, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Yeah, happy St. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but, but, yeah, I'm wearing green. I, I am not. I'm not. I've. Uh, uh, I had, I got, had to, man. I had to look. I only. I only had one shirt that was clean. That ain't green in it. I got a green cup. Oh but, yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. All right, but but anyway, you know when they open no Guinness. You know no when Guinness they open it, but, the doors for Legacy Arena for the five fifty game. When do they open them? Uh, it was five twenty or five twenty one. I mean, you. That's when they opened the door, opened the gates, and that was then. Checking everybody, they're doing the scans and trying to scan the mobile tickets. It was ridiculous. If I hadn't I looked, known, 
if I, I had known up, better, and, Bill, and, I would have thought like, okay, you know, scalpers misread the demand mm-hmm. for this game or something like that. Oh no, because what a, that's what a huge Auburn crowd it was. You're absolutely night. right. When when the game tipped and when they were sort of setting the stage on television for the game, it did look like, especially oh. the upper bowl, the upper. I'm le- telling you, there were a lot. There were a lot of the lower bowl over behind the teams. I thought, man, that's that's crazy, and a lot of folks just couldn't get in. And if they wanted to get something in the concession stands, yeah, good luck with that. So I mean, it was it was about midway through the first half before it filled in, and when it did. It was pretty full. I that's mean, it, the, it was packed. That's the danger of trying to play four games like that back yep. to back to back and clearing the arena yep. between between two stages because, uh, yeah, it can create a time crunch. Well, you would think if you started the first game a little after 11, you'd, you'd have plenty of time to start the next session by 5.50. And see, that's the thing. It's a hard start because of TV. They were starting that at 5.50. So it got started without a full arena. But uh, kudos to the Auburn fans who found tickets. Uh, now, tomorrow... It ain't gonna be anything like that tomorrow. That will that arena will not be nearly as pro Auburn tomorrow night because there were no session three tickets available yesterday, and there weren't any last night after the Auburn game. It's like those had all been bought up, and most of them were bought by Alabama fans. So it may be it's it's either going to be Oh, there's some empty seats at least early on, or there's going to be a lot of people that I don't believe Nate Oates folks are going to um, uh, go, going to do as he had asked Auburn fans to do and cheer for the SEC. Do you see that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Have, have you seen the Zep Jasper controversy? I know Zep's taking heat on well, our. Zep was buddy. talking about that last time. Zep just said, "Hey, he." He's a player. Yeah, he's no, he's just, and he, you know what? And he's a genuine guy. And he's I an Auburn ask, guy. Asking Zep to be something other than who he is, and expecting him to to give you something other than the truth, or or to to hold it against him that that he he feels you know he he actually is one of these student athletes that buys into the fraternity of well, of student athletes in the a conference. A lot of and, athletes do. That's yeah. what a lot of fans don't realize is. Athletes want to win, and they want to win just as bad, if not more, than the fans do. But they they have close relationships with a lot of these guys they compete against, and they have no problem when they win. They just want themselves to win as well. And they want their and they want their friends to win. Yeah, you know, they, they absolutely you know, they, do. Even if they happen to be wearing you know rival rival colors, and that's not to say you know you want to lose to them. But I mean, if they're playing a game on the other side of the bracket, yeah, you know why not uh, cheer for them? When it's head to head, there's no question about it. But when it's not, it's like yeah. Win. I tell you what, you want to you want to take a break and then spend the next segment talking more in depth about the game itself because sure. we sort of set the stage and it's almost time anyway. So we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, I just wanted wanted to talk about just for people that were wondering uh, about you know the why the arena didn't look full last night and it wasn't. I mean, I don't you, know. I don't know that there was anything that the folks there at the Legacy Arena could really do about it because the games just went long, and you have to clear those when you have a separate ticket for Session 1 and Session 2. We can talk more Auburn-Iowa in, in the next segment, but but uh, what do you think about the crowd tomorrow? Do you expect a big Auburn? That's what I said. Tomorrow it will not be. Yeah. There's no way it can be people tomorrow. Are making a, people are making a big deal because about Houston having ticket, a face. Yeah. It is one ticket to get you into those two games, and Alabama people have the majority of those tickets, and Alabama fans are not going to be cheering for Auburn. Now, that... I told the guys from on the line, I said, that doesn't mean that they will be terribly upset if Auburn wins. 
because that would be another obstacle that could possibly be in their way, you know, as the number two seed. It won't break their heart. They're not going to be thrilled if Auburn wins, but I guarantee you they will not be cheering for Auburn. Let me ask tomorrow. you this. And, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm too, uh, you know, maybe this is this is not it's a it's not a serious part of this conversation. But should Jim Nance be calling Houston games as a Houston alum during the tournament? Oh, Should's I didn't even it, think about that. Yeah, Jim Nance didn't is even a, think about Jim that. Nance is a Houston alum. He was a uh, what he was he was roommates with Fred Couples uh, in the uh, in the eighties when they were both on the Houston golf team. They talked a little bit about Jim Nance's uh, golf career at Houston during the Houston game last uh, night on, on the broadcast. I would just, I would tell some Auburn fans to get it. ready. You know, yeah. Jim, Jim Nance is a Houston grad, and he's he's going to be a well. See, you, now you give, also, you've given him something to listen for. So any call or anything that he says that's not positive, Auburn, they're going to be people going. Well, that's because but, he's a Houston guy. They did they did not conceal it during the Houston game last night. They made multiple references to Jim Nance oh, okay. calling the games for his alma mater last night. But it is uh, it is it is an added wrinkle for for tomorrow's game. Is that yeah? It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be Nance calling it for his own. You know, maybe they'll do a Nance and Barkley thing uh, before the game, since yeah, you know, both of their alma yeah, maters are, uh, are are doing battle. But, but yeah, let, let's talk a little Auburn Iowa when we uh, when we get back. All right, we'll do that. We'd love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Just underway here on the Friday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. <laughs> Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. You want to uh, let, let, let's update everybody on the games that are going on right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, I wish I, I don't have my bracket. This is, it's terrible. Uh, well, no, okay. I can, I can finally pull one. I pull one that just has scores, and it's like, well, I, I have to look at two screens. In the Midwest Regional, uh, the uh, Pitt Panthers leading Iowa State 36-26, and Drew was just talking to us about this. I'd heard a little comment about it. But I didn't know exactly what it meant. Apparently, Iowa State could not warm up uh, in, in the pregame for a long time because they had to work on the goal. The, 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 I don't know if it was to support the goal. that Something wasn't right. And what they should have done, probably let both teams take turns warming, on the, uh, warming up on the other goal. But they didn't. And Iowa State didn't score for how long? Their their first field goal didn't come till midway through the first half, and they were down by twenty at that time. They've now cut it to ten. They're the higher seed. They're the sixth seed, uh, Pitt eleven seed, leading at thirty six twenty six at the under twelve timeout in the second half. That is something. That is a legitimate complaint. If if uh, well, I, you're talking if, if that if that stands, you're talking to someone who saw a team use six players. So I know. I, I don't know, how. and that's a legitimate yeah, complaint. I don't. But they, they did nothing over that, so I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're going to get a do over here. Because well, they're not going to get a do over, but it's just going to be. You can't let something like this. Oh sure. Oh no. You, it's, you it's, can't let a team start a game if they don't have the same amount of uh, warm up time as the other team. You you would think that a delayed start, you know, even even if it's ten fifteen minutes to allow the team to to actually get you know some warm ups in would be would be appropriate there you know i wonder if they were really worried about 
TV time or if they're overly I'm concerned. Sure that's what it was. Overly concerned about getting the other games uh, started on time. Uh, we, had, we had some upsets yesterday. Chalk so far today. Uh, uh, although th- th- this one's not this one right now isn't because uh, yeah because Pitt is the eleven well, seed and, and Rick Pitino currently yeah. leads UConn with uh, the, the number thirteen seed Iona Gales having just taken the lead it's over still first half I, I know but it's just a, that's a, that's another one where oh, yeah. we've got a, you know you, you've got the potential of an upset on a day where there haven't been a ton of upsets so far NC State and Creighton are playing a close game as well yeah forty one forty I believe Creighton last time I looked the six seed over the eleven seed NC State there in the south is it uh, is it Five final scores and all of them the higher seeded team of the, the, uh, the, team of the yeah, seed of one all five today. Yeah, now I tell you what, Baylor and and UC Santa Barbara was was like uh, tied or a one point game at the half, but uh, actually UC Santa Barbara was leading Baylor by one, but they win by eighteen. Just really turned it on. Xavier beat Kennesaw State, and that one. Uh, the folks, Owls. Folks will be talking about the end of that ball game. First of all, Kennesaw State lost their minds. They had a thirteen point lead. With eight minutes they to were go running, the They were running Xavier out they of the gym. They absolutely were. And then they just started, like, shooting even faster and and not playing any defense at all. And Sometimes Xavier, it's tough to throttle down. If it you're, is. If you're well, a, it's like they almost went faster. It's like it, it, they, yeah. they started, like, as soon as they got across midcourt, they're firing up threes. But Xavier went Some on a Some people 15, talk faster when they're nervous. Yeah, it's true. Some basketball players start yeah. to play faster Xavier when Xavier went nervous. on a 15-0 run to take the lead, but Kennesaw came back and had the ball with 12.8 seconds to go, down one, 68-67, came down, uh, drove, had a shot block, good block, ball was blocked before it hit the backboard, but it, the Kennesaw player going for the rebound was definitely hacked. And that resulted in the ball coming out and him having to foul. And that then resulted in two free throws and another turnover and two more free throws. So it ends up Xavier winning by five. But it should have been, I don't know that he'd have made the free throws, but it should have been Kennesaw State at the free throw line with under five seconds to play, shooting to take the lead. But, uh, but yeah, Xavier, the three seed, does advance over Kennesaw State. Uh, St. Mary's beat VCU. There were a lot of people that liked VCU in that one uh, because everybody wants a 5-12. They want that uh, 12 seed because has have all the 12 seeds played now? No, Miami. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Drew's, Drew's Miami Hurricanes played Drake a little bit later. And, and I mean, uh, there hasn't been, let's see, has there been a 12 seed that's won yet? I don't know if there is. still did not. Who was the other 12? The, uh, the 5-12 games were... Uh, I mean that is that that has Paul Roberts been, and Duke, yeah. That has been something that you could always count on, and there's a chance now. You said the, Charleston, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The five seed has won the first three of mm-hmm. these five twelves, with St. Mary's beating VCU today, sixty three fifty one, and then Michigan State and uh, USC was was close for quite a while, but um, the Spartans then pulled away. Down the stretch, and they won it by ten seventy two sixty two. Yeah, U- UCLA, uh, who won yesterday, they they have five losses this year. Baylor is the only team left in the field who beat uh, UCLA. The other four, the other four games were against teams huh. that lost in the in the first round. So when I was watching that, uh, I was watching the Santa Barbara game, and I was thinking, man, UCLA might ev- everyone who beat UCLA in the regular season might lose 
in the round of 64 uh, this with uh, with with USC, Arizona and uh, and Illinois uh, having been eliminated already uh, from this tournament but no some some great basketball yesterday some great basketball early on today and some good matchups still on the board I was I was blown away by the end of Furman and and uh, and Virginia yesterday that was that was right I, I did get to see the highlights of that now we were on the way back so I didn't get to see any of the night action um, what? Houston and Northern Kentucky was oh, was uh, fun. That's, I mean, that, that that's was... the one I was following more closely, and as a result, I wasn't uh, I wasn't able to really keep up as much with Tennessee Louisiana. I thought Tennessee was playing their way out of the tournament. They they speaking of a you, you were just talking about Kennesaw State yeah. taking a big lead and yeah. Make... Tell me about what happened to that. That's something I, I don't know. Well, what happened was that Tennessee took an eighteen point lead with twelve minutes left in the game and didn't score for the next seven minutes. And it was, and, it was I mean, and, and it wasn't. I mean, okay, so it was. It wasn't that uh, Louisiana blew it. It it's it's crazy. I mean, I I know there are a lot of Auburn fans that obviously last night after Auburn's lead went from 17 to 4, they went, oh, God, here we go again. And, you know, I heard a couple of Auburn fans after the game saying, we're the only team in the country that blows leads like that. And I went, have you watched any of the games today? Every, almost every game had double-digit leads completely disappear. Auburn is more susceptible to runs good and bad. I know there's, we'll, we'll talk to Justin. I don't know. I mean, we'll, if, we'll talk to Justin Ferguson. In, in this tournament, Everybody seems susceptible to those kinds uh, no, of runs. But J- Justin Ferguson, who we'll talk to at five o'clock, did a little bit of research about you know th- th- how many teams have had ten or ten o runs or or bigger for them and against them this season. And Auburn, God, how can you find that? I know there, there, I people, there see, are people who I can see where you've blown big leads and lost. There, there are people who calculate how many runs a team has, okay. good and bad. Because they, I was going to say here in the tournament. It's happening in just about every game. Now, now, I don't know if there's as much science into when these runs occur. It's just a matter of how right. often do you have 10-0 runs or better? How often do you give up 10-0 runs or better? And Auburn is a team that, that is susceptible, both good and bad, to, mm-hmm. to, to runs. And hey, It's a game of streaks. Yeah. I mean, there's and, no question. And that's that's why leads, and I think especially with as, as dependent as teams are on the three-pointer these days, leads that used to seem insurmountable mm-hmm. in basketball games are are, are a little bit more... Uh, you know they're they're more in jeopardy uh, than they used to be. And Tennessee, Tennessee was up forty-eight to thirty with twelve minutes left. Wow! And and uh, gave maybe up. that that's probably why I wasn't paying a lot of attention because anytime I'd look, it would be like a blowout. And then, and then I heard that oh, they only won by what three? It, it came down to, it came down to three at the end, but it was a thirteen zero a thirteen zero run for. Uh, for Louisiana after Tennessee took the 18-point lead. So as soon as Tennessee huh. took it, Louisiana went on a pretty quick run to make the game competitive again. And the whole thing is, uh, I mean, th- there are... And, and that was that was one where, of the, of the SEC games at night, Tennessee, A&M, who got throttled out of the tournament by Penn State, uh, you know, th- there were... And, and then Arkansas, who maybe tomorrow, Bill, I mean... We'll see what happens, but that game is—I think it's like a two and a half, two-point spread. Arkansas and Kansas. So there are a lot of people who believe that Eric Musselman might find the magic again in the SEC. So a lot, a lot of storylines yeah, to watch. We'll see. I, I thought we were going to talk Auburn. <laughs> yeah, there's the, 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 like just so a much. lot of basketball. Yeah, but yeah, what, what what stood out to you from Auburn's performance last night? Because we'll talk some more about this later uh, on the show. I mean, uh, well, Trey Donaldson was one of the first things. I thought Trey was was fabulous last night. Um, it's one of the best games Brooms played all season. It is. I thought, and, I thought, and, 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 when and Auburn needed him the me, most, that was a physical game. That was a really. I mean, sitting there on the. I mean, I, I was 
you know, at the table right there on the base. I mean, along the court, the end of the court right there is, as you got to the baseline. I mean, the baseline was like three feet to my right. So, I mean, great shots. The ball that, the ball that went off the official that looked like a turnover when Jalen had it, uh, was like right in front of us. But, uh, I mean, so we're right there in front of all the action right there. And you could hear there was more slapping. I, 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 I said to uh, to Mark Murphy um, as the game came down the stretch, there are going to be a lot of bruises, a lot of bruises tomorrow. Because, I mean, uh, Iowa was a – they were physical. They were – I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that they should have been more fouls called, but they could have been a lot more fouls called. Well, there's often – Both ways, there was, there was hacking and slapping and shoving and pushing. There's and, often concern when a Big Ten team leaves the conference if the referees are going to call it tighter or looser. They didn't call it tight. Because that's a, that's, a, that's a league where, yeah. especially in the paint, I mean, it's a, oh, it's, it's a street it, fight. It, it, is a, it, is it, a, is. it is a wrestling match. Uh, in, in the paint, every single time, you know, you get into the half court. And Auburn, I thought early. Auburn was a little tentative early. Took, it took some time to get used to, okay, yeah. oh, th- this is allowed. Janai was a little finesse earlier, and then it's like, all right, they're going to play that way? I'll play this way. And they didn't call a foul or two. They let they let them play down low, and, and it was uh, it was pretty darn physical. I was impressed, though, with, with Auburn. Auburn just was, they were quicker than Iowa was. Uh, I mean, a couple of times, Alan Flanagan just exploded past their guys. Um, and, I mean, I thought so many of the players played really well. Jalen couldn't get anything going because, I mean, they did whistle him for a couple of fouls that they didn't call on some other guys. KD was so important, I think, both sides of the floor. He came in, and, and the energy would change. When he would come in, he was often defending the uh, the, the ball handler yeah, uh, on he, the perimeter. He did, he did learn you can't celebrate much because they're going the other way as soon as they've got it. Can't, can't celebrate and can't. Can't contest, can't argue with the referees no. after plays. I think there was one or two times where Auburn was upset about the lack of a call, and Iowa took advantage. In the meantime, yeah, on, the ball's on, on the other end, on and, the other side, yeah. and and there and there was a big run there, there when yeah. it when it felt like this game was only going to get and only then Wendell get for Auburn. Wendell Green, great down the stretch. He set an Auburn record last night with his clutch free throw shooting there at the end. All right, we'd love to hear from you. Hey, we'll update you on Auburn baseball. Auburn and Arkansas got underway a half an hour ago. Uh, That, much more. Come on in and join us here on the Friday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the control. So we got... Uh, Ferg joining us at five. That's right, Justin Ferguson, who was uh, right behind Andy Burcham there uh, on the uh, on, on the floor. I don't well, know. Let me. All right, I'll, I'll mention a little of this. Let me get into this too, because hey, like I said, we had great seats last night, but it wasn't because that's where they were. They were assigned in there in the NCAA or whoever's maybe maybe the arena folks in their brilliance. They assigned seats for everyone who was covering for every single team. Without 
making any adjustments from session one to session two. So session one ends, the Alabama game ends. Um, they, they, you know, we, we let the floor clear a little bit, came in, started looking. And of course, the papers that anybody had had from the Alabama game were still there. So you're having to try to move the score sheets and things and look underneath them and see if, see if you saw your name. And yeah, Justin was very fortunate. He was the only person on the Auburn beat that was anywhere near the court. But he was on the second row, right? Yeah, he was on the row right behind uh, the broadcast. Uh, the broadcast. Yes. Um, Joe Champy was, was there a call yes, in the game? Yeah, I, ta- I talked to Joe for a long time uh, before, you know, while the Alabama game I was, was going to suggest us contacting Joe, but he's busy today. But we should, yeah, we should he get, is. When, when, when this adventure is over, I would love to get Joe Champy's thoughts on being there for the weekend. I imagine he'll be on the call Tomorrow, he will. I, he will. I, I don't know, but that's yeah, uh, he will. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to get a chance to talk with Joe Champy about about the uh, the weekend. Yeah, we, we def- we'll definitely do that. Um, also, Sam Purcell doing pretty well there at Mississippi. Yeah, State. he was talking about that. He's he pretty, about pretty, that a bit, pretty yeah. proud of that. Way to go, Sammy! Uh, and and saying that you know when is the NCAA men? When are the NCAA men going to at least follow suit so that the if you're going to have those first four play in games, they ought to be at the same site. That that the regional they're going to be is in that whole thing is ridiculous for- to play in Dayton and then fly and then have a team from the West Coast have to go all the way to Dayton and play and then go to Denver. Is there for the regional the, the Dayton Ohio thing? What's the what, what's the deal with is, that? Is there? There's got to be a deal. There must place, be. But it's it's it doesn't so, make any sense. It's so yeah. Arizona State flew. It's into crazy to, for teams yeah. to have to go from Dayton somewhere else with no rest. They're at a huge disadvantage when they have to fly across the country to play another game in less than 48 hours. Well, let's use the Arizona State example, right? Cuz Arizona yeah. State was Arizona State was eliminated from the Pac-12 conference tournament on Friday. So a week ago today, Arizona State was eliminated from a conference tournament in Vegas. They went back to Phoenix. They went to Dayton, Ohio to play Nevada Wednesday night. They won that game and now they're playing TCU tonight. That game is in uh, Denver, Colorado. Yeah, and and they got in Denver. They didn't get in Denver until the early hours of the morning, so they really couldn't practice until late, one time late yesterday, with jet lag. Yeah, it's unnecessary. And then they have to play. It's crazy. It's an unnecessary uh, route of travel. Yes, and, and I would think that if, if you're you- going to have those games. And you're gonna, and you're, and and especially for the people that go, well, it's it doesn't seem right for eleven seeds teams that have twenty something behind them to play. Well, even no matter what, no matter how you do it, you shouldn't make it that much of an advantage for the teams they're playing. I would. Here's the change I would make. I would I would get rid of the sixteen seed playing games entirely because I I don't like that teams who won their small conferences have to then play another teams game. that got automatic bids yeah, then I, have to yeah I don't like the two sixteen seed uh, the two sixteen seed playing games I'd get rid of them I like there being four playing games if you want a sixty eight take all field, the teams the last four the first yes. the, the last four in the first four out There'd or whatever eight, how you want to do it eight bubble teams yep. the last eight bubble teams would play for yeah if you want them to be the eleven seeds or the twelve seed or whatever, and I would probably get it out of Dayton if you could. I mean, I would play it wherever. Play it where the where the regionals are going to be played. I mean, may, maybe there's concern about 
What? Building availability? No, I, I don't know what it would no. be in that situation. I mean, find some way. But, but no, I agree. It's an unnecessary round of travel, and it does put uh, teams that are already at something of a disadvantage. And I know that's the point, is that you want to be... You, you don't but that's a be ridiculous in, disadvantage. It's a, it's a big disadvantage. We've seen, we've seen the occasional team overcome it, but no, these are... And by the way, and we're seeing well, Pittsburgh overcome where did, it right where did, now. Uh, where did UCLA go to after they, after they won their play and made Ooh, their I run? couldn't tell you. I want to say... I mean, they, that'd be I, something interesting to see. I mean, it's great when a team can do it, but I mean, it's really asking asking an awful lot. Hey, I, I was going to update you on uh, on Auburn, Arkansas baseball, and uh, Tommy Vale, uh, thus far, is pitching very well out in Fayetteville. Two down, bottom of the third, and he's just given up his first hit of the game. Uh, he gave up a uh, gave up a double. Um, but Auburn has the lead on a Case and Howell homer in the top of the third. So right now, bottom third, Auburn leading Arkansas one to nothing in the SEC opener for both teams. All right, yeah, I just just wanted to get that little update in on since we've talked almost strictly basketball. So UCLA played. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where these where these games would have been. That's the um, UCLA would have played at. Hinkle Fieldhouse, I think, would have been the that, that's Butler's uh, yeah. arena. So they would have been mm-hmm. in Indianapolis for the uh, for so, so they would have, so that's not as so bad. So from Dayton to Indianapolis to Indianapolis, no, that's not bad at all. That's, that's not that's, as bad. That's yeah. that's something that yeah you could you know you could accommodate that. It wouldn't be terribly inconvenient. You'd wonder if you could hold eight or ten sites, you know, that you could have a game, you know, right. for, for the for the playing game. If, or something. Yeah, if you but, want to at least put them somewhere near where they're going to be going if they win. That would just make so much more sense. But, yeah, that was one of the things Joe said. That all started from you mentioning Joe Champy on the broadcast. And I was about to say, all right, so here's what they did. We found most of the the seats for, for folks covering Auburn were in some temporary seating on risers behind the seats in the end zone. And... It's like, uh, that's like, that's like, uh, c- trying to describe what's going on. I said, I could have gone into the hallway. It's like trying to call an Auburn football look, game. Look from the contours sure, hallway. That's right. And, and try to call it. Yeah. Um, that is where the press box is. Well, but, but fortunately. Press box seats are more comfy. Fortunately, sure, all, all the people from the Maryland, West Virginia game, they weren't hanging. Those, those media folks weren't hanging around. Uh, and I didn't see many of the Alabama, um, folks, nor the Houston, Northern Kentucky. As a matter of fact, uh, I was Charles, I forgot his last name, of the, uh, um, oh man, what was the, the, it wasn't Frankfurt, from some Kentucky, from a Kentucky newspaper. I was sitting in the Iowa writer from a Kentucky newspaper? Huh? Iowa writer from or, or no guy, no I was there in the seat of what was going to be a northern oh a northern a northern Ken- Kentucky, yeah one of the northern Kentucky writers uh, okay writer uh huh yeah so I mean that's how bad it was it's like so th- I guess what they did is like occasionally Justin Justin won the lottery for the Auburn people and this guy from the uh, uh, from the Kentucky paper from that northern Kentucky paper had won the lottery because he was in between there was Brandon Marcello just to my right and then. To the left was uh, an, an Iowa, per- so it's like they just sort of randomly put people out, and they weren't they weren't seated together. You if they were along the uh, along the court, so well, so you you didn't stick around for Auburn. No, and, for, for, I had to Houston. work. I had to I had to be in the office. Yeah, had to be in the office this morning. Houston, so. and, Houston, and Northern Kentucky. 
uh, played that after. That was tight for it, a long it was, time. It was very tight. I think a lot of the Auburn fans that stuck around uh, were part of the contingent uh, cheering on Northern Kentucky as the game uh, got as, as the game stayed close. And um, I know they they really. Uh, uh, it, I mean, Houston pulled away at the end, yep. but that was not easy. Well, was it ten or eleven or something? Isn't it, that it, how it ended up. It ended up at yeah. It ended up at eleven sixty three mm-hmm. fifty two. But I mean, Northern Kentucky was uh, Northern Kentucky was playing it very very close for the first half and and change. I think what it it was it was thirty six all with thirteen minutes left. Which I mean, keep in mind this is a sixteen seed versus a one. You get. You get close ones, but more often than not, you get 30, 40 point shellacking. Oh, yeah. in the, you know, especially in the second half. Houston was a 19 and a half point favorite in this game. It was tied with 13 minutes left. It, Houston pulled away. It, Northern Kentucky did get it back to, I mean, it was single digits for yeah. uh, up until the, the final, I would say the final four minutes or so. I mean, it was still within, uh, you know, it was still within the, Seven or less, and then and then Houston was able once it became free throws. Houston was able to stretch a an eight, nine, ten point lead into into, into something more comfortable. But that was not an easy victory for the Houston Cougars whatsoever. And and more interestingly than the fact that they just happened to play Northern Kentucky uh, close is that if you watched the well, if you if you saw the game, you noticed that Marcus Sasser uh, was was not. Uh, was not well, yeah, no, they, He started. I'll tell you what, I, I did see, I mean, we were there for the beginning of the game. And I saw him make a move early on and thought, oh, he looks pretty good. And he had a three yeah. early, early on. And they, I think they... I did not see him re-aggravate the injury, though. And, we and I, don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a moment where it's like, oh, he, he yeah, definitely okay, heard know. it right there. I think it's more... Uh, he he, you know he doesn't come back in, and you know they evaluate him during halftime. And he, I mean, he played fourteen point. He played fourteen minutes, right? In the All first in half. the first half, Marcus, yeah. and and then did not return to the game in the second half. Uh, said said that he felt a, a twinge. I think Kelvin Sampson said that he felt funny. Uh, so they decided not to uh, to send him back out there. Sampson also mentioned uh, that Jamal Sheed. Uh, this was in the post game press conference. Uh, Jamal Sheed was a huge part of Houston winning that game last night. The point guard. Uh, he's dealing uh, with a knee injury. Didn't keep him from. I mean, he played thirty six minutes last night. So you wonder how bad the knee injury can really be if he's able to play thirty six minutes in an NCAA tournament game. But Jamal Sheed is playing through knee soreness. As well, so a couple key parts of the Houston backcourt dealing with injuries between that and the fact that the game is in Birmingham. Although that doesn't mean that there's necessarily going to be an overwhelmingly pro Auburn crowd, as you've pointed out. No, uh, th- those are those are both reasons that I think Houston is pretty on edge about uh, about tomorrow's game. I think Houston. Uh, I don't think Kelvin Sampson should be as concerned. It's not going to be like I said. It's not going to be like last night. I think that uh, you don't think he should be as concerned about the crowd. No, no injuries. Your, be, oh yeah, injuries he, should be concerned, he should be concerned about the health of his team. Obviously, yeah, if your if your best guards are not healthy, but he seemed to be very concerned about the crowd. Right, and the and the fact that the game is in Birmingham and he's yeah. playing, but you know, not so much the game's in Birmingham. I think it's more that he's playing a team from Alabama in Birmingham. If he had drawn, That's true. if he had drawn, well, you know, this, just well, well. Here, here's the thing, Kelvin. Uh, keep winning, and you get to play at home. Right, but even if I mean, we were we were sort of looking <laughs> at considering how many, and it's it's. I mean, it's a pretty legitimate gripe in that most one seeds aren't treated that way. It's, right. You know, it's it's a it's a break for Auburn. Uh, but you could have, I guess, you seeing it from Kelvin Sampson's eyes, there were a lot of SEC teams on the seven, eight, nine, ten line 
it, you chose you chose to pick you know what the Alabama team uh, to give to give Houston in Birmingham instead of I mean it could have been A and M in this spot it could have been Missouri in this spot right. it could have been Arkansas in this spot it, you know there, yeah. there were A and M wishes they were in any spot except the one they're in right now that's right and and you know, I, and I'm not necessarily sure you'd rather be playing Arkansas I mean no so, so there's no I guess not although this year I just don't know I don't know what you're getting from Arkansas they can be great they can be Pretty midly. Yeah, that's that's one of the more interesting games on the docket for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We can run down the, the Saturday slate because we have we know the times as well. That was revealed after all the games went final last night. Auburn and Houston will play at six ten tomorrow. Auburn, uh, the uh, first of two games in Birmingham. Yeah, doubleheader starting at six ten. That means the Alabama game is probably going to be closer to nine than than eight forty. That's right. TBS going with the <laughs> Alabama game for the last game of the of the evening on Saturday. So. So the uh, the eighth of eight games tomorrow to send uh, the first half of teams to the Sweet 16 uh, will tip off. Auburn could have played as early as 11. Yeah, I think 11-10 is, is yeah. when the first game gets started. So, I mean, it, it's based on when uh, TV. Uh, CBS has taken the Duke-Kentucky or the Duke-Tennessee game at 140 and then the Arkansas-Kansas game at 415. So a pair of really big games going to mm-hmm. be on network television. CBS concluding their triple header with... Uh, Penn State and Texas at 6:45. Also, a, a pair of pretty big brands yeah. that you get in that one. But uh, but no, the the Auburn Auburn and Houston will be on TBS at 6:10. It will be followed by Maryland and Alabama at 8:40. Allegedly at 8:40. Also on TBS. All right, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. Again, love for you to join in. Anything on your mind as we continue here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here, hour number one. Bill, Dan, and Drew here in the studio. Uh, let's see, Auburn baseball trying to add to its one nothing lead top four bases loaded with two with a one out no that's good bases loaded one out and uh uh let's see how they got that way Bryson Ware infield single Justin Kirby Justin Kirby will be our regular yeah. Tiger takes guest he of the first six hits in his college uh, in his Auburn career being home runs. Uh, he now has seven on the season. He singled. Chris Stanfield walked. So, uh, yeah, we're going to start having uh, talking with Justin Kirby every Monday at 5.30 as part of Tiger Takes. Um, got, a, got a couple of minutes. Wanted you to hear some of the comments from person that no question was one of the stars last night for Auburn. That's Trey Donaldson came in three of three on threes and really sparked Auburn's big run on the way to their win over Iowa last night. The confidence always at a high. You know, our team confidence is at a high. We just beat Iowa, a good Big Ten team. Um, Houston is a one seed. You know, and that's the games we live for. You know, to make a name for Auburn, make a name for yourself individually. So we're going to be ready for sure. Thanks, man. 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 Th
you having to defend on that outer part of rim so much as a guard, what did you see in your three-point defense? And as a team, really help those guys you know, shoot just terrible efficiency. Uh, well, we, you know, we're a team built with smaller guards, so we wanted to use that to our advantage and just get up under them. You know, they got a lot of length. A lot much taller than us, so we want to just get under them, take away the, the initial shot, and make them put it on the ground. You know, that's where our advantage is at when they put it on the ground. And, you know, we did that pretty much, you know, for the course of the game. And will, I'm sorry, just last one. Building Bill, 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 that, that final position for the year. What will these next few hours look like for you guys as you prepare for two different opponents? Just lay down. I don't know what the coaches got for us, but um, lay down, watch the game probably. Might have film late tonight or early in the morning tomorrow. Uh, depending on who wins, um, and then we're just going to get our minds ready, you know? That's all. I mean, Iowa comes in 17 point lead to four with just over four minutes left. What's in your head right there? Uh, we've been here before. You know, we've been here before multiple times, you know, not just once or twice, multiple times this year. We lost some, we won some like Tennessee, uh, but just finish the game. You know, I know personally the ball is going to be in my hands. You know, I'm the point guard. They trust me with the ball in my hands. So just find a way to win. And, you know, we, that's what we did tonight. Zep scored 10 of the last 19 points with six, six free throws during that four-minute stretch. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Credit, you know, Trey, my teammate, you know, I really want to credit him. You know, I sat out, I think, from the 16-minute mark to, like, the 7-minute mark. And, you know, that just gave me time to just rest. You know, I would play fast. I was resting. He kept the lead up for us. Um, so, you know, I was just ready to go. The last seven minutes, everybody looked at me and said, finish the game. You know, bring us home. And, you know, I was able to do that. And, you know, tonight I did some things too late in the game. Is that just that you? That's actually Wendell Green, who was so strong down the stretch. After Trey Donaldson came in, hit three threes and a couple of big free throws. 11 points. Auburn, six players in double digits last night. Then Trey really helped wrap it up. Made made one of those unbelievable in traffic layups and hit all of his free throws. Now holds the Auburn record with 34 consecutive made free throws. Auburn baseball up 2-0. A sack fly by Connor Green. The Tigers with the runners at first and second. Two down looking to add to that 2-0 lead. We'll continue updating you. Love to hear from you. Justin Ferguson joins us in hour number two of The Drive. Time to join our team. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. Another double-digit seed advances to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Just ending moments ago in Greensboro, North Carolina, 11-seed Pittsburgh in the Midwest knocks off the six-seed Iowa State, 59-41. to Nellie Cummings with 13 points to lead the way for the Panthers. Keeping an eye on the 13-seed in the West, Iona. They're hanging with the four-seed Connecticut. Less than 18 minutes to go in that game in Albany with Connecticut leading 46-41. to Later in the Midwest region, 5-seed Miami plays the 12-seed Drake, and ESPN Seth Greenberg says the Bulldogs will be a tough out. They defend, they rebound, and they don't turn it over. Uh, Drake is a very good team without, and I'm saying without, Northchild Amir, I think Miami's in trouble. Seth Greenberg on Fitz and Harry. Marcus Sasser of the Houston Cougars says he expects to play Tomorrow against Auburn in the second round, Sasser played only 14 minutes on Thursday before re-aggravating a groin injury. 
ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. Hour number two of the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan here in the studio. Drew at the controls. And uh, we, we'd love for you to join in. We'll tell you momentarily how you can do that. Uh, but first, hour number two of the drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Now to how you can uh, join us. You can call us on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. And uh, we've talked uh, a good bit about last night's Auburn Iowa game in which Auburn won 83 to 75, trying to keep you updated on all the games going on today. Um, as has been the case with most of the games today, we've seen a lot of the, the lower seeds jump out early, but haven't been able to hang on at least thus far through the games being played today as we've had, uh, I believe it's gone chalk thus far. Well, except, oh yeah. Yeah, except for the game in which Iowa State couldn't warm up and uh, didn't score a field goal for the first 10 minutes. And that ended up costing them pretty dearly as they lose 59-41. They cut that ball game to 10, uh, but end up losing by 18. So there's your first lower seed to win today with 11 seed Pitt over Iowa State, the sixth seed. I wonder if you're a sixth seed if you'd rather play a team that didn't play in the play-in game or a team that did play in the play-in game because we've discussed it you know when Auburn you can get them to fly across country you'd probably like to play the team that played in the play when, when, when Auburn was in was in striking distance of that 11 seed earlier in the season you know we sort of speculated on the pros and cons of being uh, sent to Dayton for that play-in game and now we're seeing Pittsburgh uh, roll from mm-hmm. the win over Mississippi State keep that going with a win today over Iowa State well maybe Zay- that's what they're going to do if you play in the play-in game we're not going to let the other team warm up you know and, and Xavier didn't look great either against <laughs> Kennesaw State. So Pittsburgh, no, Pittsburgh's maybe thinking they could, uh, you know, they could find their way from one of the last teams in the bubble all the way yeah, uh, to one of the last sixteen teams in the draw. You know, you know better than to pay too much attention. It's it's you know advance survive in advance. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, that's just the because. Thing. Just because Xavier struggled doesn't mean that uh, Pittsburgh's going to win, just like... If that's the case, yeah, if that had been the case, Auburn would have been out of the tournament, uh, you know, shortly after that New Mexico State scare. Well, and it also doesn't mean Auburn's going to necessarily have a cakewalk on no, their hands tomorrow. absolutely. Just, just because the the Houston Cougars struggled mm-hmm. with, with, with the Norse of Northern that's Kentucky. That's what's so great about the tournament. I mean, you'll see some teams that play consistently throughout. Generally, there's going to be 
a scare for for even the teams that that go all the way. Oh, I thought you I thought you were going to say that the best thing about the tournament is that you learn nicknames like the Northern oh, Kentucky. I, 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 that's the, one of the best. Things. The Norse of Northern Kentucky yeah. or the uh, the Gauchos, of course, of uh, of of Santa Barbara who who dropped the game to uh, I knew, to, I knew to they were the Gauchos. That's I right. Did, I didn't know Northern Kentucky were the Norse. The Norse. Let's bring Justin Ferguson uh, from the Auburn Observer. Justin probably knew that. I'm sure he's always been really good at uh, mascots. Justin keeps his yeah fing- finger on the pulse of uh, of of those of, of those kind of things. Justin Ferguson, yeah. you you were uh, well actually yeah. How familiar were you with Northern Kentucky uh, going into going into last night's action? Yeah, Northern Kentucky's a good team. Uh, they you know play in the Horizon League. They just jumped up a few seasons ago. I think this might be the second tournament they've been in since they moved to D one. But it's like pretty much every small school in the state of Kentucky. Um, they love basketball. Their fans are nuts, and they're going to shoot the lights out. Um, it, it's kind of been their thing all year long. And so, I mean, they played really, really well. And, um, you know, uh, Houston obviously had a lot of things going against them with, uh, you know, Marcus Sasser, and then got another injury they're dealing with in their backcourt. Um, and, you know, when you when you're – when your best players and your ball handlers are struggling to hold on to the ball, or struggling with injury, I should say, you, you don't necessarily want to play a team that's one of the best in the country at forcing turnovers. So a lot of turnovers from Houston last night against Northern Kentucky, but they figured to found a way to pull it out and kind of use their size and their physicality to kind of kind of wear down um, the Norse down the stretch. But yeah, I mean that's a for a 16 seed um, that is you know somebody if you're from that part of the country. Kentucky, Indiana kind of area. A lot of those mid majors and small schools, they just they just really, really are scary. Um, you know, late in the season, and uh, I think you saw that yesterday. Yeah, I did not realize that's where Darren Horn had ended up. I remember Darren Horn from yep. Western Kentucky. You know, twenty years ago, they took a team to the Sweet Sixteen uh, when when he was with the Hilltoppers. Was South Carolina's head coach for four or five seasons. I think before Frank Martin, uh, he was the head coach at South Carolina, and and I didn't I did not realize he had ended up uh, at Northern Kentucky, a little bit close to uh, to home. But I was real impressed by how they looked. That's enough Horizon League uh, for now. We can pivot to uh, Auburn and Iowa. The game that you got to see. You got a great seat for that game, if I may say so mm-hmm. uh, myself, Justin. You got to see a little bit of uh, of, of what was a, a thrilling basketball game. Auburn builds that big lead uh, early in the second half. Iowa fights back and makes the game a lot closer, but Auburn able to, uh, uh, to hold off the Hawkeyes rally and win in Birmingham in front of a very loud pro-Auburn crowd. Yeah, I know. And it was the game that, you know, kind of came to the same things we've seen Auburn struggle with at times this season and the times they have been able to win games late, it's the same thing. I mean, it's can you get to the free throw line and can you get stops? And, you know, that was what Auburn did. Um, you go to the final five minutes of the game, Iowa cuts it to four. Auburn calls timeout. Bruce Pearl looks at all the guys in the on the bench. He's calm. He's quiet. Um, I mean, I was, I was sitting right behind the bench. I couldn't even hear what he was saying. Um, just being very, very calm and just say, hey, guys, relax. We're in a good spot still. You know, hold on and, and and see this thing out. You get Wendell Green Jr. was perfect. Final five minutes of the game, uh, ten points, mm-hmm. two layups, six of six from the free throw line, two assists. Jani Broom, four of four uh, from the line, had a block and a, and a big defensive rebound, had some big defensive rebounds and runouts as well for Auburn uh, late in the game. Look, Iowa could hit from anywhere on the floor. If you remember correctly, the day that Auburn lost to Kentucky in uh, in Rupp Arena, right before that game started. Uh, Michigan State was up 10 on Iowa with 40 seconds left, and Iowa still won that game. 
Um, it just kind of just shows you that this team is just built to come back probably better than anybody in the country. And so for Auburn to kind of hold them off, run them off the three-point line, force them to take some tougher twos, it really made the difference down the stretch. And um, Auburn did some of the things that have cost them late in games earlier in the season. They didn't do those same things, uh, you know, last night against Iowa, and that's why they walked out of there with a win. And look, not a year where you won a championship, not a year where you contended for a championship either. The fact that you were able to, you know, do those things when it survive in advance, you know, when your season's on the line, um, it's a perfect time to get get those things sorted out if you're Auburn. Blown away by the game Jani Broom played. I and mean, I know people have pointed yeah. out with first SEC big uh, to hit certain certain uh, statistical points since yeah. Anthony 15, Davis. 10 and five blocks. Yeah, for first 15, yeah. 10, and five uh, game in, a, in an NCAA tournament for an SEC player since Anthony Davis in 2012. Uh, yeah, a decade ago for uh, yeah. for for Kentucky. Talk about what Janai was able to do so effectively last night, Justin. Well, it's just a matchup problem in this game, I think. You know, as good as Iowa's front court was, you had uh, Philip Rabacha, 6'9", Chris Murray, 6'8", you know, twin brother of Keegan Murray, who's number four pick for the Kings uh, in this past draft class. They're really good, really skilled bigs, but they do not have the size and the physicality, especially on the defensive end, to hang with Jani This We thought about Iowa is one of the worst defenses in the country around the rim, and Jani Broome took that advantage early on. Like a little softer with some of his finishes, a little more finesse. When he started playing with power a little bit more in the second half, he came through. And the big thing for him, dude goes one of six from the free throw line against Arkansas. Misses his first two free throws in this game uh, against um, against Iowa. Second half, four of four when Auburn absolutely needed him. Um, so, I mean, phenomenal game. You know, he's been Auburn's best player this season, and he's a difference maker. And, uh, you know, it's a three that continues to be a late-season surge from him. And as he said after the game, he came to Auburn to expand his game. He came to Auburn to get better and play on a bigger stage. And so for a guy who was playing in the OVC you know, two years ago, uh, last year, um, but two years ago in the NCAA tournament, to come in and be the difference maker for Auburn in a game that he actually gets to win in the first round, uh, had to be just such, such an awesome feeling for Janine. You know, uh, Justin, we were talking about it a while ago. I mean, I, I sort of got the feeling sitting down there on the, on the baseline watching the watching the low post play that it took Janai a few minutes to realize, hey, they're going to let him play really, really physical because mm-hmm. he was yeah. a little finesse early on. And I'm telling you, by the end of the game, uh, you know, uh, there, there were some wrestling moves that would have been just fine. But, I mean, I thought he really – um, you know, sort of understood what it was and adapted to that, and then he was dominant. Absolutely, yeah, he was. He was just that. He was dominant uh, in that game and and played with power, played with toughness. Um, Bruce Pearl really challenged his big men um, during that first half, both him and Dylan Carwell, to be like, "Hey guys, you got to play stronger down there. Um, you've got the advantage. Go out there and use it." And I think. You know, Iowa had such a such a size advantage and a length advantage, pretty much every position on the floor except for center. Um, so Auburn leaned on that. And I will also say, Janiburin played a big part, I think, in this game in another big advantage for Auburn, which was their quickness and their speed. Um, Bruce Pearl said it's kind of SEC versus Big Ten. The SEC's faster basketball usually, even though Iowa plays fast. Auburn got to get out and run. Uh, but I think also kind of the individual matchups. 
there were some times where both Jalen Williams and Denai Broom were just too quick yep. for Keegan Murray and, and, and Philip Robacha. So, um, I mean, oh, and Allen, Allen just exploded by oh, the guys. Man. He did. Katie Wendell late also as well. I mean, you look at Allen's game, um, 10, and 10, 10 and 10 yeah. for Allen. Um, in, the, in the second half, four assists and zero turnovers. Um, just a phenomenal game from him. And he played great defense. You look at the twos and the threes who started for uh, or the two and the three that started for Iowa. You know, neither of those guys hit double digits uh, in scoring. You know, Patrick Sanford came off the bench and, and, and lit it up for Iowa, and that's just what he's done for them all year long. But for the most part, the guards and the wings were held in check by Allen Flanagan. And then also, Chris Moore goes out with that injury. Jalen Williams is in foul trouble. Uh, Yohan Treyor plays some few minutes for him, but they, they turned to, to Al to play the four, and he's going up against a future NBA guy in Chris Murray, and he does more than hold his own. What can you tell us about the Houston Cougars, Auburn's opponent, tomorrow night? One seed uh, played Northern Kentucky close. There's Northern Kentucky again. We were talking about them earlier in the segment. But, uh, but, but Houston, a, a different matchup for Auburn uh, than Iowa. Yeah, this is going to be, I mean, obviously one of the best teams you've played all year. Um, it's been Houston and Alabama kind of back and forth all season long for who's the best team in college basketball. Right now, the analytics like Houston more um, just because of the way they go about their business. Uh, they don't have really much of a weakness. The team, I think that if you look at them physically, they are just so big and so strong um, that they've been able to just kind of overwhelm a lot of teams they've played this season. Um, they rebound super well. Um, they don't turn the ball over. Uh, they, they hit a lot of shots. They play at a methodical pace um, and just really say, hey, we've got the better athletes and we've got the better, you know, bigs uh, that we feel like that if we, you know, are more efficient and, and more uh, consistent with our possessions, we can beat you over the course of the game. And so that's what they've been able to do. Um, obviously, Marcus Thatcher is, you know, senior point guard has been their leader all year, a star player. Um, he didn't play well last night. He kind of keeps kind of playing through an injury that kept him out of the AAC title game, which, of course, uh, Houston lost to Memphis uh, in that one. He played a little bit. Um, he did okay, uh, as Bruce Pearl noted, uh, but, like, whenever he really tried to plant and go and really had to put pressure, you know, on that, you know, he's got a groin injury, but he really had to cut and really move. It was it was taking a toll on him, so um, got to keep an eye on that. And they also have Jamal Shedd, who uh, it might be one of the best defensive guards in all of college basketball. And so he's dealing with a knee injury as well, so he was kind of limited last night. So what a full-strength Houston team you got. But when they are a full-strength, they are really, really dominant. Uh, and um, so this is going to be, I mean, a physical challenge, one through five for Auburn. Um, I think if Auburn's going to have a chance to win this game, I think Auburn's depth and Auburn's health, I think, is going to have to be a difference maker because Houston doesn't go very deep on their bench. Um, they are dealing with, uh, you know, injuries to their backcourt. And, uh, you know, Auburn's got to be able to try to find a way to take advantage of that. And, you know, hit Houston. I wouldn't say kick Houston while they're down, but it's about as far down as a number one seed is probably going to be heading into a game like this. this I was time to catch. I was really impressed. Like as important as the, as the lead guards are, uh, for Houston and, and the, the health of, uh, of Sneed and, uh, or the health of Sh- uh, Sheed and, and, and Sasser are, are both going to be uh, real, really important. But the, uh, the freshmen they brought in sharp, uh, was a big reason why, why they changed the momentum around. They, they, they can, they haven't leaned on their depth a lot this year. There are some talented players coming off the bench for Houston if they get called into action. They, they, they do. And, and so it's a, it's a bench that's going to only go seven or eight deep. Um, so for Auburn, can you find a way to kind of wear down, maybe speed them up 
a little bit as well. This is a decent team that kind of plays some things slow. But, yeah, that front court, though, is just absolutely nasty. Um, and it all starts really with Jairus Walker. Um, this is a guy who is 6'8", 240, one of the best uh, rebounders uh, you're going to find in college basketball. Uh, a really good scorer at all three levels and a guy that Auburn wanted. Uh, five star, and I think he came down between Auburn and Houston uh, for his signature. He ended up picking Houston, and he's had a phenomenal year uh, for them. So, I mean, this is you know, even if the guards aren't playing at 100, um, percent they've got three through five. They've got they've got some real, real veteran weapons, uh, or I'm sorry, real deep kind of weapons, um, you know, up front. Uh, and I'll, I'll be interested to see how how some of those young guns for for Houston handle um, a game where. They, they're going to have a lot of pressure on because this is going to be a very pro-Auburn crowd, and uh, they're going to be looking forward to uh, to trying to see if Auburn can pull off the upset. So um, it's going to be very much like playing Alabama, very much like playing Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Arkansas, these big, long, athletic teams that Auburn's played this season that they've had kind of a mixed results against this year. you got to do all the good stuff you did against uh, those teams and then some in order to knock off a team like UC. Well, speaking speaking of young guys, what a performance last night for Trey Donaldson. Man, I mean, unbelievable game. This is a guy who had some DNPs in conference play, and yet he comes out in his NCAA tournament debut and just goes absolutely ballistic. Uh, a lot of people are going to talk about him, uh, you know, hitting all the shots, those threes that he hit, uh, especially. But, you know, on top of that, I would say the big thing for him was uh, he also had three rebounds and a couple of assists as well really pushed the pace, really kept things going uh, for Auburn. And, uh, I mean, yeah, got a, got a, Auburn's got a lot of confidence in him. And Wendell Green Jr. is a dude you obviously won at the end of games. Um, you know, Wendell Green Jr. is a guy that uh, commands a lot of minutes and a lot of a lot of attention. Uh, but Trey Donaldson, it doesn't matter if he's playing two minutes or 20 minutes. Um, that dude's going to bring it. And uh, Bruce Pearl has been very, very complimentary of him. Uh, says he's going to be a star uh, for, for Auburn. Um, you know, in the near future. And uh, he, he looked like one last night for sure. Um, Auburn doesn't win that game without the run that that bench made uh, with, with both him and Katie Johnson in the way. Um, just phenomenal game. And it uh, did not look like a freshman. And uh, I think you, you would love to get get more of that here for as long as Auburn's playing basketball uh, in this tournament. Oh, there's, there's no question about it. In the locker room after the game, I was next to uh, Mark Mark Murphy. And Mark, Mark was talking with Trey and and, and and Trey had told Mark, I guess, um, the day before that he didn't feel any pressure because he loves he loves this kind of postseason this kind of postseason feel. It's all about winning, and that's that's all he's got on his mind. This this dude's super confident, as Bruce Pearl said today in a press conference. He said, "I don't even think I could beat the confidence out of him." Right. I mean, that's just he is one of those guys who, who plays with such a chip on his shoulder. Um, he is, he's a pro man. And, and, um, you know, that's what he said after the game. And he's like, look, I think I'm a pro. Bruce thinks I'm a pro. My teammates think I'm a, I'm a pro. Um, and so why not, why not be the most confident player out there whenever he steps out? And that's, and that's huge. I mean, he has been such a weapon. You know, I, I was, I was struck by the play of Katie Johnson. I mean, that, that, that to me is, mm-hmm. I mean, a, a guy who, a, a, at times a different, I mean, even Bruce acknowledged, at times, he can be a difference maker in the wrong ways. But when he's a difference maker sure. in the right ways, it's so big for Auburn. No, uh, 100%. I think, you've, as Bruce said, you've gotten more good KD than bad KD here down the stretch of the season. No question. Um, he's only had really had a couple couple off games here in probably about the last month. But, man, when he's on, he's clicking. This is a dude that I don't think not only is Auburn's best shooter right now, 
he's also Auburn's best weapon where if he feels like he has a guy on skates or maybe leaning back a little bit, that dude is going to get to the bucket. I mean, his explosiveness and creation is great. He's going to give you a lot of intensity and a lot of ferocity on, you know, the, the, the defensive end of the floor. Um, but, man, yeah, Katie Johnson, I mean, you know, at this point in the season, he's playing more minutes than Zeph Jasper is, so he's kind of a starter in terms of minutes but not in terms of role. Uh, but, man, he is – He's, he's exceptional. He's been exceptional this, uh, this late late in the season, and uh, Auburn's needed everything they could have gotten from 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 KD. And I mean, think about it. His, his first postseason game at Auburn, he had one of the worst shooting performances ever. Um, yeah. These two games against Arkansas and uh, and Iowa, he has been he's been arguably Auburn's best player. Uh, Justin, uh, uh, before we let you go, got to got to get your thoughts. I mean, what's Auburn? What's what does Auburn have to do? to uh, have a chance against the top seed there in Houston? I think they need to figure out a way to make sure that uh, they attack the guard play of Houston, uh, you know, and, and, and really, um, really, you know, hurt a team that is not at 100% right now in the backcourt. Now, they're awesome, and as Bruce Rowe said today, like, they're going to have a hard time staying in front of them, no matter who's out there, um, but... You know, can you find a way to create enough havoc, do some of the things that Northern Kentucky did last night, force turnovers, limit opportunities, um, and really, you know, potentially speed things up. I mean, this is a Houston team that plays at one of the slowest paces in the country because, um, like I said, I mean, from a possession-to-possession basis, they're the best team in college basketball. So they don't want to necessarily get in track meets with teams and, and necessarily have all these extra possessions and, and opportunities like that. So um, if Auburn can speed them up, I mean, think about it this way. Iowa – is one of the fastest teams in the country, and Auburn beat them 27 to 8 in fast break point last mm-hmm. night. Um, they knew when to push the pace, they knew when to get out in transition, and uh, you're not going to be faster than Houston, and you're not going to be more athletic than Houston. But I think it's the style and the way they play, the fact that Auburn got so comfortable, and, and we saw this you know, towards the end of the season at times, and even the Arkansas game as well, you, you saw the team start to get comfortable kind of playing a little bit more run and gun when they have the opportunity. Um, do that and hit your shots from deep. Uh, Houston is not shooting the ball very well from deep here recently. Um, so can you be the team that continues to shoot nearly 40% from beyond the arc and get hot at the right time? You know, do that. Cause some havoc. Um, you know, hold hold up as much as you can at the from you know three through five with the physicality of of Houston, and uh, you know play a. Uh, play good 40 minutes of basketball, you're going to have a shot. Like I said, this is the best time you could possibly play a team like Houston just because they are dealing with two serious injuries. Those guys are both going to play. They both said it today. They're going to play. But how effective will they be? Uh, and, you know, you're also, you also know that I think the other thing to keep in mind is that Auburn, Auburn is a team that's not afraid of this moment. Um, they have played Alabama and led Alabama for a long time. They were very competitive with Tennessee this season and other really, really good basketball teams and lost close or even won a couple of them. Houston's not going to scare them. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's such a, such a key thing. And, um, it's not a team, it's not a team that scares, it's not a team that scares early. Justin, we're, we're up against a break. Great stuff. It it was, it was wonderful. Tell, Tell everybody how they can find the work you do at the Observer. Yeah, sorry about that. I couldn't hear the music. Uh, OverDeserver.com. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff. We'll have a podcast and a newsletter coming out tomorrow morning preview in the Houston game. You can read all the stuff from the Iowa game on the site right now. And uh, sign up $40 for your first year. Cheapest deal we've ever done. We email everything to you. Check it out. OverDeserver.com. Thanks, Justin. Uh, I, I guess hopefully you'll, you'll have as good a seat and we can snag, we can snag some other ones as good as we had yesterday, tomorrow. 
Yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed, we can get a better better draw uh, for some of you guys out there because that was that was pretty rough. Yeah, well, well, all of us didn't sit in those seats, so I mean, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. Thanks, man. See you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Justin Ferguson joining us from the Auburn Observer. He's up in Birmingham. He was uh, at at the press conferences and practices, open practices, a little earlier today as Auburn getting ready to take on Houston. First of a doubleheader, 6-10 tomorrow night, followed by uh, Alabama and Maryland. We'll update you on what's going on. There's been a change in Auburn base, in the in the Auburn baseball uh, Auburn Arkansas baseball game score and update you on games going on in the NCAA tournament and more. Would love for you to join in here on the Friday Drive. Three. You're live on the Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at the Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Drive here on this Friday afternoon. A, a wet one. It's still just drizzling a little bit. Uh, when we last updated you on Auburn, Auburn had taken the lead two to nothing. Actually, a, they took a one nothing lead on a case in Howell Homer, made it two to nothing on a sack fly. But Arkansas, with a five spot in the bottom of the fourth, Tommy Vale, who had shut out and one hit Arkansas through three, issued back to back walks followed by a three run homer. They added two more. Auburn's now batting in the top of the fifth and trailing Arkansas five to two. We, we have a caller, don't we, Drew? Let's turn turn that music off. Let's 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 get to the call and we take the break. Can we take the break a little bit later on? Yeah, we can try that. Yeah, let's get the call on because we, we went a little bit long with Justin Ferguson. Right. Ty, the tiger. Ty the Tiger is up. Yeah, go ahead, Ty. How you doing, man? What's going on, guys? What's going on, man? What a what a ticket that um, I mean I, I don't think it's. I, you know, it's the it's the number one second round ticket as far as most expensive right now. Oh yeah, because I mean, Auburn people want to see it, and it's really really hard to try to try to pry it away because Alabama people bought most of them to start with. Yeah, and so that was all right. So first of all, first thing I just announced Sasser is going to be available, and I, right. I I know we I knew we knew kind of that was the, the the game plan, but. You know, that was leading into my thing about uh, what the coach, the Houston coach, said last night um, about, man, what a break for Auburn to get that. I don't think he understands that that, that crowd's going to be crimson and white a whole lot. Yeah, it's they're not going to be cheering for Auburn. I, I told some folks, it's, yeah. It's not, just about, it's not just about the crowd, though. I mean, I think the fact that you're playing an hour and a half from campus is, is a bit of an advantage, too, that most eight and nine seeds don't get to enjoy in the NCAA tournament. That's not to say the tournament has it in for Houston or they're trying to give Auburn a, you know, a huge advantage or anything, but Kelvin Sampson, you know, this isn't his first NCAA tournament. And when he's observing that eight and nine seeds generally don't get to play as close to campus as Auburn is getting to play this weekend. I mean, he he does, he does have a point. Now, somebody, uh, uh, Wimp Sanderson was telling me the other day that Calvin Sampson loves to do things like this to put a chip on his player's shoulder, yes. to have them, you know, trying to give them the, the feeling of it's, you know, we're not being treated right. We're being treated like an underdog, even though we're the number one seed. 
And I, and that was going to be my next point that I think the the man's doing a little bit of a uh, you know um, media um, bulletin board material, um, but I really don't think it's going to be a home field advantage for us. Uh, I think we're going to have fans there. I think we're going to represent. I think there'll be more Auburn fans in the stadium than Houston fans. Right. But I don't think there'll be more people rooting for Auburn than. <laughs> than no, I think Houston. you're. You, I think you're exactly right about that, Ty. Uh, and look, I'm gonna be honest with you now. I wish I could go. I mean, man, I, I I almost got my butt up and went yesterday. I really did. I didn't. I regret it. But I'm gonna be honest with you now. Uh, let us win that first game and let us win against Houston. We gonna make it noisy up in there for Alabama as well. You know, it's gonna go both ways. Oh yeah, now. yeah. Uh, Auburn fans aren't going to, as uh, Nate Oates said. You know, uh, get smart and and pull for the so, SEC schools. Somebody said something about that. I think it was the Maryland coach. <laughs> was it? Um, Kev, Kevin Willard said yeah. so, something like uh, he he would encourage Auburn fans to stick around for the game and uh, and and go uh, you know go 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 find find a concession stand that sells beer and just settle in and watch well, watch, pretty Al- much, watch pretty Alabama much, and Maryland. They pretty much all do. I mean, there's most. Yeah. It's, that's not hard to find. It's look for the longest line. He said it's going to be a good game. You already got a ticket. Why not? Why not stick yeah. around and watch Alabama? And it's Maryland? just uh, sixteen bucks a pop. Just remember that. But I will say this, guys, um, and just you know, again, just just a snippet. You know, we've had problems all year, but it, it looked like coming out of the second half. I mean, coming in, come starting the second half. If we play like we did, the start of the second half to about ten minutes in. We can beat anybody in the country. I mean, anybody. Alabama, Houston, Purdue, I don't care. We well, yeah, I mean, you had a 17-point lead over Alabama. That shows, if, you can, that shows you can beat anybody. And now, again, I just – and, and you, you got to sustain you it. Because our hugest thing, like, again, I'm thinking about it, I think we've only been – we talked about this. We've only been really blown out in two games. You know, I mean, it's every game's been really close, and most of the games that we've lost, we actually at some point had a lead in mm-hmm. or was close enough for a lead. We just couldn't close. Yep, almost so every one of them. Us. Yeah, almost every one of them's been decided in the last four or five minutes of those close exactly. games. Exactly, and you saw that yesterday from that 10-minute mark until the five-minute mark, it looked like, oh, man, here we go again. I mean, it was it was almost a, it was almost the exact same thing as the Alabama game, up by seventeen at ten minutes, and then down by four with five minutes, or up by four or five minutes. I mean, but our boys stepped up. We're hitting the threes. You know, if we if we play like that, we can beat anybody. I I'm be honest with you, man. This you know, and I was talking to one of my Bama friends, you know, yesterday about it, and I said, yeah, Bama looks like the best team in the country, no doubt. But, you know, you look at it, even they got blown out by uh, Oklahoma, who didn't even make the NIT, much less anything else. I mean, everybody is suspect in this tournament, and it's going to be chaos for the next three days, man. I'm going to hang up and listen, guys. War Eagle, I hope I get to make it to Birmingham tomorrow. I hope. Good luck. Good Good luck. luck Yeah, good luck finding a ticket. Well, you can find some tickets. They're just uh, not getting cheaper, I can tell you that. 
Yeah, I, I would say. And, and look at looking at some of the games going on right now. We thought we were maybe on the verge of a. No. Well, Iona was keeping it close for a they while, did. but but UConn pulled away in the second half, and, and they're up uh, sixteen at the free throw line with five minutes left. So, so Rick like, Pitino's last game at Iona look, looks like it could be Rick Pitino at St. John's uh, to in, in the in the near future as uh, as as Slick Rick finds himself back in major conference basketball. It'll be the first time for him since uh, since uh, Louisville let him go. You want to take a break? Yeah, let's let's, let's go yeah, ahead and we're take a behind. Break. Yeah, well, we'll go ahead and get to our bottom of the hour break. Still time for you to join in here on the Friday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 20 minutes or so here on this Friday afternoon. The afternoon session about done. This is the final game of the of the early um, session. The afternoon session with UConn about to put away Iona, so uh, we can run down the scores from from the games today and and really just uh, one upset, and that was the uh, um, Panthers. Yeah, Pitt blowing out Iowa State fifty nine. To 41. That's, Je- that's Jeff Capel, by the way, at Pitt. He's a pretty good basketball coach who's, you know, has been through the fire. Yep. And, uh, and I, I would not want to be playing a Jeff Capel coach team this time of year because that's a guy who knows, uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. Had a, what, VCU years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Capel had a, uh, some, some impressive teams, uh, back in the day. Speaking of basketball, uh, I, I want, uh, want to point out there is action at Neville Arena tonight. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the Auburn women, first round of the N- uh, WNIT hosting Tulane. That's right, Auburn and Tulane as the uh, as the Tigers playing their first postseason game under head coach Johnny Harris. Going to be on SEC Network Plus at seven p. But you can uh, you can go to Neville Arena and check out what could be a final home game of the year uh, for for the Auburn women, depending on uh, if if they win and if if they're chosen to uh, to host a game in the next round. It's a good Tulane team. I got to see them. Uh, play against the Trojans. Uh, beat they they beat Troy in double overtime in Troy's home opener back in December. Uh, but it's a uh, it's a talented Tulane team that's got mm-hmm. uh, some uh, you know they they brought back a lot of last year's team plus went and added some key pieces from the portal. So yeah, it should be a good game tonight uh, in the WNIT between Auburn and Tulane. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline and Keith is up next. Hey Keith. Hey Keith. Hey, yeah, I was just going to uh, ch- chime in and say that it was nice to see these guys uh, have a total team effort, you know, get everybody involved. And, um, you know, it. Man, you're it, not kidding. Six, six players in double figures. And I thought uh, pretty good defense by Yohan Treor having to, having to come in when Chris Moore's uh, shoulder. Uh, I'm hoping Chris, you know, when we're talking about injuries for guys, um, Chris Moore is a guy that gives Auburn a lot of energy. And, of course, Jalen got uh, early fouls in both halves last night. That's right. I was. It was good to see uh, Moore playing good again. I mean, he seems like he had a better year last year than this year to me. I know he's been injured a lot. Right. But uh, he's he definitely uh, got a lot of spunk. And to see him spread it around and, you know, it always gives me the uh, – Worries when they when they break it down and play uh, playground basketball is always Wendell Green or um, Johnson or uh, Flanagan that does that and 
You know, sometimes it works out and sparks them, but it seems like it never works out at the end of the game. And it didn't come down to that. And uh, that's love to see that. But, uh, you know, uh, Alan Flanagan, to me, Alan Flanagan and, and Williams, they, they had a great game, uh, especially Flanagan. But I just don't think they've had their best ball yet. I mean, I still think that they have more to show, but, they, you know, they may run out of time before they leave Auburn to, to show it. I mean, yeah, if if what? they if they decide to leave Auburn, I, I thought it was interesting. And if we get a chance, we may run a little bit. I, I talked to Jalen uh, after the game, just about you know the last few minutes and his the frustration of him not being uh, able to play more. But he said we had to play. He said I had to play that way because if we lose, then the next thing would be going back and working out and getting ready for next year. And I went, oh. I mean, you know, we, we Jalen can come back next year. I'd love to see it because uh, he's he uh, he's he's got the inside game, outside game, and he can run and gun. And you know, uh, uh, Flanagan, you know, he just seems like the so athletic. He's uh, yes. the ultimate high flying guard, and uh, you know, he's he's in, inconsistent, but I mean, he's got the athleticism to to do about anything he wants to do. Yeah, I think I think he's really now got all the confidence back uh, he had. I think you know he he was healthy at the start of this year, but I think you still had that little nagging doubt he did, and now he's yeah he's he's definitely confident now. Yeah, uh, changing gears. I've I watched uh, a uh, interview on YouTube with uh, the Kennedy girl that works for the football team. Um, and, uh, you know, she's from Canada and her and the, uh, there's another guy that's a, I guess he's an Indian. And, uh, that, that is the ultimate, uh, stories to me. You know, they could have t- taken easier paths and, and they came to, to America and, uh, went for their dreams. And, you know, they've been, uh, with multiple football teams and, they're really talented, and and I, I was really impressed with what they do. It just shows you, you know, that it you don't hire people because of where they're from, or not because of where they're from, or what color they are, or not co- what color they are. You know, you, you hire the best people, and uh, to me, you know, they, I was really impressed with those people. Yeah, I hadn't seen that. I'll have to, I'll have to try to find that. What was that part of the? Uh, was that one of the the Auburn production type things? It was. I think it was on three. Uh, okay. I'll I'll see if yeah. I can uh, I, I can check that out. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. It is a good look. All right. Well, uh, good show. See you later. Appreciate the call, Keith. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I mean, I I firmly agree with hire the best people possible. Always. Um, it is it is striking that Hugh Freeze has brought as many people from Liberty as he as he has, and you know, including on on field and off the field roles. But these are people he feels like he can trust. You know, and there are people few, who know. A few of him, few of them were with him at, at Ole Miss. That's that's true. That's true. And and I believe uh, Kennedy Harvey is the person that uh, Keith was just talking about. She's the director of football operations. I want to say, or uh, she she has a title like that. But she came over. Uh, she came over from Liberty as well. She's she's one of the the many. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Well, he knows how he wants things done, and if there's somebody he feels can can do it well, it doesn't matter where they were. I believe Hugh's daughter has a has a job she in, does. The, in, in the football she program does. as well. Yeah, I don't I don't recall the time. Um, Drew, if you can let let's let's see if we can run the one that says three. 
Yeah. All right. Let's uh, uh, you know, uh, take a break. Yeah, let's do that. And we'll see that. That should be the Jalen Williams because I, everybody was about to walk out and he was there. And so I just asked him a couple of questions myself. So it's a little more one-on-one. Um, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can get to that. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final segment here on this Friday. Yeah, I think we've got time. And, uh, again, you'll hear a lot of background noise. It is the locker room, but it's uh, post-game last night. Jalen Williams had a frustrating night, but still came through with some big plays. And I had a chance to uh, talk with him just a couple of minutes. They were kind of, you know, I mean, you can argue about it, but, you know, early I was, the other guy asked me, was I frustrated? I said, nah, because I got Chris Moore and uh, Yo coming behind me, so I know they're just going to play just as hard as me or even harder than me, and they're going to be aggressive, they're going to compete. Yeah, it's really tough to get in the flow though when you when you're doing something like that. You're out there, it's like you turn around. Yeah, like yeah, it was two minutes. Of the, I, I saw him cut, cut me out of statues. I'm peeking over. I was, like, I was in the game for like two minutes. I'm like, dang, I just just chilling the whole half. So, but I mean, like again, like I trust my guys. So like. I mean, I was just chilling. I was supporting them, getting up, yelling, hollering. So, I mean, it was a great win for us. Yeah, talk, talk about how it felt closing this one out. I mean, y'all have had a lot of them right there in the last few minutes. I mean, this one, we didn't have no choice but to close it out. I mean, well, we're going to be having workouts next week in Auburn. <laughs> you know, I want to be on the team. Nah, um, so we just, you know, competed. You know, a lot of times, like, we don't, uh, Sometimes we don't finish out the way we wanted the games to be, but like, I mean, it was part of the game. Like, we had a few games like that, but this was a must win, obviously. Well, I tell you, really balanced tonight. You guys had six six players in double figures. Six players? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty balanced, you know. That was the key, like, sharing the ball. We knew those guys wasn't as quick or as fast as us, so if we moved the ball around, guys would get open shots or back cuts or drives, so like, that was the key. Man. I mean, we all contributed, even the best, even People that didn't score, like Yo came in, did his thing, play. He always played physical. Yeah, you know, yeah, did a great job. Appreciate it, Jim. Jaden Williams, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of. I mean, guys are happy in the locker room. After that, after that big win, I mean, Jalen was very happy. I mean, he's another guy. He still ended up double figures. I think he, he only ended up playing around twenty minutes last night because of uh, all the fouls. But yeah, I mean, he was crediting, you know, Yo and and Chris, and then Chris, you know, getting hurt and coming out. But uh, but yeah, it was a, what definitely was a team effort with everybody really contributing last night. What did you make of the way both offenses heated up in the second half last yeah, night? We've, crazy, see, we've seen it? that we've one seen that for in games, 18 but... in the first half between the two and at one point they were 13 of 20 in the second half between the two of them. Yeah, 100 101 points scored in the second half by the two teams. Auburn had 52 Yeah, 52 49 52 40 after after yeah, it was yeah. 30 it was 31 26 at the break right. and you had 101 points 
scored in the second half of that game. Both teams shot the ball. I mean, Auburn was was it six of eleven from three uh, to begin the to begin the second half. I mean, yes. Auburn's threes were falling. Six, and they actually hit six of their first ten. I mean, Auburn and they was, hit six of their first ten. Trey Donaldson had a couple of them. He I mean, three. Yeah, I mean, it was, and that's where, as we've seen with other Auburn Bruce Pearl teams, when when some of the other fundamentals are in place and the pace picks up and the three pointers start falling. This is a really tough team to hang with, and Auburn uh, was able to heat up at the right time last night and build a large enough lead that that, uh, that that Iowa rally fell short. Well, the thing is, what was good was that Iowa Iowa cut it all the way down to four, and then Auburn stretched it back up to ten. You know, they hit that meaningless layup there in the last three seconds to cut it to eight. I mean, so so what Auburn did this time is when it got to four, they did the things that Bruce always says, get stops, make your free throws. And they did that. And like I said, Wendell Green extending his Auburn record. Uh, it stands right now at 34 consecutive free throws. They're going to need to do that and more against Houston uh, tomorrow night. A big, big challenge. But like Justin was saying, and like we've heard some of the players say, they're not afraid. I thought that the way Auburn came out after the dunk to make it 64-60 with five minutes left, because that's when the pressure mm-hmm. was on. Iowa was yep. firmly back in the basketball game. And that's the... Uh, uh, that that's the there's there's a foul and I think there's the N one not an N, not an N one but but uh, Wendell gets to the basket right. and and puts that layup in and, and Auburn I don't know if they cut it to four again the rest of the game but it was uh, or maybe they did on the free throws sixty six sixty two and then Auburn stretched it up to seventy one sixty but it was I mean it was the Wendell Green had six straight points right. for Auburn after uh, after they they made it a four point game late and and it was uh, again. Uh, he's he's the one who who tends to have the ball in these situations, and it was uh, it was it was for Auburn's benefit. With last the night. lead, you definitely want the ball in Wendell Green's hands. I mean, they couldn't take it away from him; they had to foul him, and he is you know he he has been money at the free throw line. So, uh, what so, are you thinking yeah. tomorrow, Bill? What's your pick? I think Auburn's got a chance. Uh, I mean, again, like I said, like I said about the Iowa game, they need to play a game where they play thirty-five to forty minutes. Of really good basketball, Here's, they can't they can't have that extended stretch where where things go sour. If you'd asked me yesterday morning if Auburn could beat Houston and make it to the Sweet Sixteen, I'd have said nah. Right. You, asked, got you asked me after the Houston yeah. game, and it's you know I'm a little bit close. I'm not a yes. I'm not a yes. No. Auburn will win. Like I'm not. Although I did pick them in my bracket. Oh, did you? Yes, oh, I did. I, I you know what? If I could do it over again. I'd be thinking really, I'd, I'd have a hard time. A couple of one seats that I think are going to have a tough time. I think Arkansas Kansas could be a great game tomorrow, and and I would uh, I, w- I would expect that. And you know what? And Maryland's Maryland's capable. I mean, they're. I think Alabama's Alabama's Is a Brandon big, Miller really got a got a groin injury. Alabama's a big favorite for a reason yeah. tomorrow night. But they sure shot it well yesterday. I'd, I'd watch out, but no, I, I think uh, I think Auburn. I think it's going to be razor thin tomorrow night. All right, we are out of time. Looking forward to the weekend. We're back with you Monday. Hey, there's another viewing window in football after the scrimmage. We didn't even talk any football. Today, the first scrimmaging. A ton of recruits on campus. There's a lot we'll talk about on Monday, but we're out of time. Have a great weekend, everybody. We are out of here.